1: Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939.
0: Shop now at DietzandWatson.com slash the right way.
1: That's Dietz, D-I-E-T-Z, and Watson.com slash the right way. I'm Molly. And I'm Matthew.
0: And this is Spilled Milk, the show where we cook something delicious, eat it all, and sometimes, well, we have a guest.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's true.
0: <laughs> that's And we eat the guest, but and you our, can't have any. <laughs>
1: aren't you proud of me that you tried to ambush me with the intro but I was like right there
0: yeah yeah
1: yeah everyone's proud of me
0: yeah well hey today we have a guest as I said our guest is Ivy Lee of the Excellent podcast, FOGO, or Fear of Going Outside. Yes,
1: I love it. And today we're talking about edibles.
0: That's right. So we're talking about like cannabis edibles.
1: Right. We've talked about other like non-cannabis edible things on a few other episodes. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah, I think like 603 of them maybe. <laughs> yeah, you
1: know, sometimes we've talked about drinkables. Okay, Which is Fair. Which is what I call things you can drink. Yeah, we talked about this somewhat on the 420 episode, so uh, I'm sure we'll like go over some of that same ground again. And while uh, while I was preparing for this episode, I literally found myself saying, "Hmm, which number episode was that 420 episode?"
0: <laughs> It was, I mean, it was a long time ago. I, I want to say it was like 2016, 2017.
1: Yeah, that sounds right.
0: Yeah, it was ancient history. Um, I can't wait until Ivy gets here so we can ask her why she chose this episode topic.
1: Yeah. So as I recall, we just, we just, we didn't even give, and give like a list of options. We just said like, what does Ivy want to talk about? And, uh, and her publicist was like, edibles.
0: And and we were like, okay. Okay. Great. Uh, so Matthew, let's start on memory lane. Um, yeah. Well, actually, can I go first? Please. So, uh, you know, I had that like typical first edibles experience where, well, I think typical first like marijuana experience mm-hmm. where uh, you're not really sure if you got high or not. Sure. In my case, it was my 19th birthday. I was in California uh, at my aunt's house and both of my cousins were there, uh, who I've always been really close with. And my parents had flown into town for my birthday Or no, it was actually, my parents were dropping me off at college.
1: Oh, of course. Yeah,
0: they were dropping me off at college. So my cousins and I had schemed to make uh, pot brownies. Nice. For my birthday. And everybody knew about this. I mean, my, my parents were fine with it. Sure. Weed, of course, was illegal at the time. I can't remember what hoops we jumped through or who jumped through them to get the weed. But anyway... It was like a total fiasco because we had heard you have to cook the weed in order to like activate it.
1: Sure. We'll talk about this a little bit.
0: You need to cook it in fat. And so we were like, well, how do we do <laughs> So
1: th- you went with lamb fat. <laughs> so,
0: so it wasn't enough for us just to like fold it into the brownie batter. No, we sauteed the weed in butter. Then then we were like A bit alarmed By the leafy nature Of the butter (laughs) And so we scraped it Into a blender Oh, okay Okay And and zizzed it Which then resulted In like the weed Just getting stuck In lots of places In the blender Gross And then we scraped that Into like a box Of brownie mix Or something Instead of oil
1: Okay, I don't know If I've heard this story before Okay, this is great
0: I don't remember Telling you this story before Yeah Um, What I remember about it, other than all of these things I've just told you, is that through the entirety of this process, which no doubt involved a lot of like teenage giggling, mm-hmm. is that my dad was just sitting out on the deck, my aunt Tina's deck, <laughs> reading the newspaper. <laughs> my okay. dad, who at that time would have been like 68, 69 years sure. old. I don't remember feeling high from it, but my cousins were convinced that I did because I got the giggles. But like, what the hell else is new? I mean, I always get the giggles. So that was my first edibles experience. How about you?
1: Okay, so I think my first edibles experience was many years ago, and i, I if I even try and guess the year, I'm going to guess it wrong. But like, I don't know, maybe like 2002 or something. Okay, I and some uh, and some like folks from Egullet, the uh, the food discussion site that we both used to be on. Uh, Matthew, we did a, not only
0: did we used to be on it, that's how we met.
1: That's how we met. Yes. So uh, we we went on a General Tso's chicken crawl in Seattle, and before heading out to like like five or six different restaurants to try General Tso's chicken. We stopped at Mike's Chili Parlor to like meet up with a friend who had made some, some hash brownies or pot brownies and uh, gave us some of those uh, to like fortify us for the for the general toast chicken uh, experience I was there was no question in my mind whether I got high or not because I got so high
0: you were messed up how much I, brownie did you have
1: too much like I didn't I didn't even like have any idea what I was doing so like I think I probably sure. had like one whole brownie which oh. I don't even oh. want to speculate how many milligrams of THC oh. it was but it was too much it was actually like I had a good time on the general toast chicken crawl I think I was very quiet because, uh, like, weird things were going on in my head. But, like, I was also very hungry.
0: Yeah, I have a very busy inner life when I'm high.
1: Sure, absolutely.
0: So busy. <laughs> right. I mean, in a nice way. I delight myself, but I, but nobody else knows about it.
1: Yeah. And then I think the next time I had edibles was uh, when uh, my mom, Judy Amster, got some, some can of butter from a friend and made me some scrambled eggs with it. And that was great.
0: So, wait, how, when would this have been?
1: I don't know, like 2010, maybe.
0: Okay, so you would have been like 35 years old? Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. OK, I love that your mom was like, hey, come over for some can of butter scrambled eggs. No, it eggs. was
1: later than that, actually. It, it was more like 2013, maybe.
0: And did she have some, too? Did you get high with your mom? I don't
1: recall her having any, too. I think I just, like, had some and then went home. wow. <laughs> so I, I don't It was. Uh, yeah, I don't remember, like, what the whole uh, okay. dynamic Judy, was there. But... Judy
0: Amster, weigh in. Hey, uh, uh, write to the show. Uh, Spilledmilkpodcast at gmail.com. Yeah. Is that our email address? Uh,
1: contact at spilledmilkpodcast.com. <laughs>
0: Whoops. Forget what I said.
1: I don't know. We, should, we we might have Spilled Milk Podcast at gmail.com or, or I don't know, maybe someone evil has it.
0: Okay, hold on now. I have other edibles experiences Please. that were notable uh, and that are on my memory lane as well. So I didn't really try edibles or, or weed of any kind again until like 2018. And then I bought some mints at, at your suggestion, actually. Oh, good um, for me, I, I guess. Think weed had only become legal like, what, a couple of years before?
1: 2014 in Washington, okay. yeah.
0: I hadn't really been, uh, it took me a little while to kind of get my head around it or figure out like why I would want to do it. Then at some point, you and I got into a conversation. Maybe it was around the time we did the 420 episode. Could
1: be. Yeah. And you
0: told me about some mints. I bought these mints. As I, I recall, tried... they
1: didn't do much for you. No, they, okay. they don't
0: do much. And there's a part of me that wonders if it's because um, there's not fat in the delivery mechanism. But could be. But I... I, also, I don't know. I don't have that That's problem with gummies. That's why I always gummies.
1: take one and, and, like, wrap it in a pad of butter. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel like li- listeners who, who like, uh, are, like, not into, like, pot comedy at all, like, they're, they're not going to listen to this episode anyway. No, right? they're not going to okay, listen to great. this episode.
0: Yeah, I remember when I bought the mints, the guy at the weed shop was like, so you should probably, like, eat these or, like, take these with a spoonful of peanut butter to, like... Okay. I don't know. Whatever. We'll talk more about this in a minute. All right. But I remember I took those mints on my first and so far only backpacking trip oh uh, into the enchantments
1: oh um, you should tell you should tell our guest <laughs> this story because because she's all about backpacking sort of
0: okay well maybe i'll wait and save this trip uh, or save this story which then <laughs> turns trip. into a story
1: <laughs> oh jesus
0: it turns into a story about actually weed chocolate
1: okay what okay. what a long strange trip it's been, it's this, been this show it's been such a long strange trip yeah but
0: hold on i do want to yeah. say one other thing i'm not <laughs> done Matthew. As you. the
1: Grateful Dead once said, it's been such a long, strange trip. <laughs> <laughs> so very long and strange. I have, th- I have that a bumper sticker that says that on my car and people keep honking at me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, just to be clear, Matthew doesn't have a
1: car. I don't have a car. <laughs>
0: Wait a minute, Matthew. Okay, so I'm I'm going to save my backpacking mm-hmm. story for Ivy. But I do want to say that when we got back from the backpacking trip, Ash and I went out and bought some chocolate because, okay. spoiler alert, that is what we enjoyed on the backpacking trip, not the mints. I remember the first time Ash and I took the chocolates. And granted, I think we each had half of one. So it was like five milligrams yeah. or something. We were at the beach with my mom. Like the beach that's like not too far from where we live. So it's on the sound. The water is super cold and it's a sandy beach. We were there with my mom. We had a beach umbrella and we were like set up against this huge driftwood log, like kind of leaning against it.
1: Nice. Wait, anyway, did your mom have some chocolate also?
0: No. Okay. And I don't think we told. I can't remember if we told her that we were having it or not.
1: Yeah. So how old were you? <laughs> were oh, you like six, 16 in this story or were no, you like 37 I was like, years
0: old? I was literally almost 40. Okay. <laughs> okay. I think I was 39 and
1: Okay.
0: So Ash and I shared this chocolate and then we proceeded to get extremely high and we were texting each other, <laughs> sitting side by side, texting each other about how high we were. So cute. And we decided to take a walk down to the shore you know like 50 yards away mm-hmm. and put our feet in the water and it was the most exquisite feeling the like the sound was like 56 degrees and we were standing in it like thigh deep. And it was f- like ferociously cold. But I didn't feel like the pain of it. Like the cold was like an intellectual experience.
1: <laughs> okay, that's mildly disturbing, but...
0: <laughs> then we went, went back up to our little, our little camp we'd set up. And my mom... Ma- and, and it was time <laughs> our to little go... little
1: camp weed set up.
0: Uh, and, oh my God. Jeez, Matthew. And when it was time to go... I think we could no longer hide from my mom what was going on with us because when Ash tried to fold up and put the beach umbrella away, (laughs) they kept shoving the beach umbrella into like the sleeve it goes into, but thinking that it wasn't in the sleeve. Like it's one of those things that's like only funny for the people who are high and not funny for anyone else. (laughs) And then like the jig was up. Yeah, and I should. I should specify.
1: To... We should specify that like neither of us consumed any edibles or any other substances prior prior to recording this nope. episode. We are uh, this
0: way when we right, are totally. This is just what we're
1: normally totally like. Totally straight. Yeah. Um, and uh, I think we all remember what happened <laughs> when I did get high on the on the air on the four twenty episode. We don't <gasps> need to repeat that. I
0: think you were fun at first before you got cranky.
1: Maybe for like ten seconds.
0: <laughs> okay. So yeah. Okay, I, I'm going to leave it there. Now that I'm talking about it, it sounds like I do, like I have weed a lot. And
1: No, no. I mean, I think like we just did a hot dog episode. and We talked a lot about hot dogs, but like we don't, neither of us eat that many hot dogs. Like I am not I a big stoner. I did eat two hot dogs
0: this weekend. Okay.
1: so <laughs> <laughs> a bad example. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I don't think either of us are big stoners.
0: It's true. I have some friend- friends who are functional stoners. Sure. I admire the way that they are able to move through the day with such a sense of peace.
1: Yeah, <laughs> but not no, me, I not don't me. think I could do that. No, like, I can't do that. No, I need to like clear my calendar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. um so one so my one other so like my my first like legal weed edible experience was um I went to a legal pot shop in Seattle in 2014 which was when they first opened uh and I got a little cookie uh that didn't taste very good uh, I ate it during Downton Abbey. Like I said, got to clear my calendar. And it contained uh, 10 milligrams of THC, which was too much for me.
0: Oh, my God. (laughs) So I had a
1: weird night.
0: I usually take like three. I usually do like a third of a 10 milligram edible.
1: Right. Yeah. I'll usually do like half a mint. So like two and a half if I just want to chill out or if I really want to get fucked up, I will do five. (laughs)
0: Wow! Ash and I had a wild time watching the first Democratic debate for the <laughs> the 2020, no, the 20, what was it, the 2020 election?
1: There was a 2020 election.
0: We had a wild time on some... Some we're still chocolate. we're still
1: trying to figure out like who who won that. <laughs> who election.
0: Won? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, we had a famous time. Ash like turned it into like a craft project where they made like this paper thing that had pockets in it and you could indicate who your favorite candidate was by like which pocket you put the piece <laughs> of paper in. It was <laughs> like wow, it was so fun. <gasps>
1: Okay, so can I tell you what I learned about the history of edibles, which is not a whole lot, but some?
0: Yes, please. Take it away.
1: <laughs> so the earliest reference to cannabis edibles is from some, like somewhere between like 1500 and 2000 BC in India, and it's mentioned in the Vedas. Um, which refer to drinking bang and bang is cannabis leaves that are ground in a mortar and pestle and uh, they can be like mixed with milk and strained for use in beverages like lassi's and this is especially associated with the Hindu Spring Festival called Holi Mm. And bang is also used to make halva, pakoras, and other dishes. Okay. Um. And marijuana per se is not legal in India. So like production of like the resin and the flowers is illegal. But okay. bang is made from cannabis leaves. So it is it is relatively mild. And even in places where production of bang is illegal, which it is in some places in India, it can be imported from other re- regions where it is legal to grow.
0: This is so sneaky. Yeah. I like it.
1: Incidentally, I should have known this but did not. Cannabis flowers flowers are called ganja in Hindi and Urdu. um, And that comes from a a very similar Sanskrit word. And the word ganja has been used in English to refer to marijuana since at least the 17th century. Are
0: you serious? So
1: it it didn't start with like fast times at Ridgemont High.
0: Uh, That's incredible. I truly had no idea.
1: There's a cannabis jam called majun that's been eaten in Morocco and Egypt since at least the 11th century. And it contains nuts, seeds, honey, hashish, and sometimes dates or figs. I read an article uh, by a possible friend of the show, Jill Leitner. Do you know Jill Leitner?
0: You know, I met Jill Leitner a very long time ago, Same. but uh, I don't know if she'd remember me.
1: She wrote uh, an article in Edible Seattle around the time uh, marijuana became legal in Washington. She talks about how the first reference to edibles in a European publication was in a book called Honorable Pleasure and Health by Bartolomeo Platina. Platina recommended pounding cannabis clods in a mortar and mixing them with wine or oil.
0: Clods that implies like a size,
1: yeah, like a big hunk, like a big hunk. And then of course there's the Alice B. Toklas cookbook, and I knew very little about Alice B. Toklas, and I don't think I've ever read this cookbook, but she's super interesting. For one thing, she used to live in Seattle and attended University of Washington, like we did.
0: Wow. Okay.
1: She was uh, she was Gertrude Stein's life partner. Most people know that, and was an avant garde writer of the first half of the 20th century. But today she is largely remembered for one recipe in a memoir more slash cookbook that she published in 1954. And the recipe was not for pot brownies, which is what most people think it was. The recipe was for hashish
0: fudge. Okay.
1: She attributed it to her friend Brian Gisson, which I may be mispronouncing, a Canadian artist who worked in many different media so according to Wikipedia, quote, the most famous culinary experiment is a concoction called hashish fudge made from spices, nuts, fruit and cannabis. Hashish fudge quickly became a sensation in its own right. In the recipe, Tokla says it is called, quote, the food of paradise and goes on to suggest places where the cook might cook might find the cannabis.
0: Is she it asked, like uh, on this on this street, like <laughs> knock four times and right, then exactly. make a hooting sound and like, uh, and yeah, come go out into
1: to look behind the barn and uh, you might find some interesting. <laughs> Interesting plants. Okay. Uh, she adds that the fudge can liven up any gathering and is easy to whip up on a rainy day. She caust- cautions two pieces are quite enough and that one should be prepared for hysterical fits of laughter and wild floods of thoughts on many simultaneous planes.
0: Oh, yes. I like that. Um, Matthew, can I say that you did a beautiful job of saying hashish fudge, which is a very hard phrase. Like, it's a difficult
1: A lot of consonants smooshed together. Hashish fudge. Like you smooshed together those ingredients to make fudge. Yeah. This episode is brought to you by Town Place Sweets by Marriott. You, totally allowed.
0: Oh, I love this. Oh, I see. They even have special pet items you yep.
1: can use. And they have the built-in alpha closet system. Nothing makes me happier <laughs> when I am traveling and I have, like, a place to put away my clothes. Mm-hmm. Molly has seen what happens when I don't have a place to put away my clothes. Nobody wants to see Nobody. that. Nobody. Yeah, so, like, a whole closet system where I can really, like, unpack for reals. I am down.
0: Well, this is made for you then, and this is Town Place Suites by Marriott.
1: Town Place Suites by Marriott has all the amenities you need to feel at home during your stay.
0: Find the comforts of home at Town Place Suites. Go there with Marriott Bonvoy. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere
1: you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders.
0: Ivy Lee is a comedian actor and writer from Austin Texas she speaks Spanish German Vietnamese and English and she's the host of Fogo fear of going outside which is a podcast it's absolutely hilarious it's about the great outdoors but it's by someone Ivy who is a lot more comfortable with the great indoors than the great outdoors we're just gonna steal from your bio and say that Ivy is a by mom of two kids and is on a mission to queer the the, the comedy world and decolonize everything. In other words, why haven't we had you on the show yet?
2: Welcome Ivy Lee. Oh, it's never too late. I'm so happy to be here.
1: I was drawn to your podcast immediately because I am also an indoor sort of person and Molly forced me to go camping once. How how did the FOGO podcast come together? <laughs>
0: Oh my god. We can
2: tell you about
1: that too if you're interested.
2: <laughs> I suddenly don't like Molly now. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> we, have, we need friends to give us new experiences. That's good. I yeah. love nature shows. So mm-hmm. I kind of I like to watch just the majesty of the outdoors through a little box inside my air conditioning home, air conditioned home with running water. And I thought to myself I was I'm am I'm a comedian and I was trying to make a show where you know, my perspective matters. But that it's like not an important show. Yes, about mm-hmm. my trauma. It's yeah. for to make other people feel better. Like the the problems of being a marginalized person in America tells a lot more about the oppressor than it does the oppressed. Do you know what I mean? Sure. <laughs> yes, I and I'm do. Like that is a problem that I experience the consequences, but it's not actually my problem so why can't I just be a fun person because I'm a fun I really am just a fun person in real life and so I just thought like what's a concept where my perspective matters but it's not specifically about that and nature is a social construct what yeah. you think of as like the outdoors or nature or the separation or the porousness or the boundary or whatever and what is appropriate to do out there it changes a lot based on your cultural context and so I thought yes I literally, I love nature shows. I've never seen a nature show where they ask the questions I actually want to know and I could make it. And that's how a fear of going outside was born. Yeah. Oh, delightful. Okay, wait,
1: questions questions. like what? Like, what's an example?
2: Yeah. Like, haven't you ever wondered, like, well, what, what does happen if somebody, like, breaks a leg in the woods? Yeah. Or the mountains or something, you know? Why, why are their clothes ugly? <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. It's so like, true. Like, like, is there a reason? You know, like, was it like a... I don't know did it come from a a particular cult sect or whatever all these like clothing (laughs) companies are from like I don't know right those are the just the questions that outdoor people just never think to ask themselves
0: well so okay when we asked what we what you wanted to talk about on the show today you said edibles with like I don't think there was any other explanation so
2: why did you choose edibles oh well I first of all that's not true I sent a list of, like, a dozen food products. Like, I am so passionate about food. I think about food all the time. <laughs> well, so I guess this question is on us then. Matthew, why did we choose edibles?
1: I don't know. This this came filtered. Let's let's uh, throw producer Abby under the bus okay. for this one.
2: Okay. No. Okay.
1: Uh, I don't know. I mean, it does sound like a fun thing to talk about. We could we could switch gears right now and and talk if about but like. I can
2: bring up the old. No. no so when I, I sent y'all like a whole list, of, a whole list of oh, topics God. of food. And when y'all came back with edibles, I was like, okay, Molly and Matt like to party. That's fine. <laughs> (laughs)
1: no we were just we were just before this talking about the extent to which we are not really stoners
0: oh seriously (laughs) well no no but we we have plenty of experience we we're experienced ivy we are experienced but uh, like compared to many of our friends and things we are not stoners
2: I am not. I have been straight edge almost my entire life. I didn't even drink alcohol until I was 21 years old. I was a straight A student, you know, like say no to drugs. I even tried to wait till marriage to have sex and I got pretty far. <laughs> pretty far. <laughs> okay.
0: So, and wait, were you, so You so you used the term straight edge. Were you like inspired by like the, the DC hardcore punk of the early
2: 80s (laughs) that was just like i think that was the cool name for it okay um i was just the oldest daughter of immigrants and i knew my parents wouldn't be able to fight the case if i got into trouble (laughs) (laughs) Fair. this uh, this makes so much sense okay right and i just like i need to find a way to be the first person in my family to go to college and i was already being bullied for being a nerd like at school and at home which is why i use the term straight edge
1: (laughs) sure no, that makes sense.
2: Because it's more cool. Yeah.
1: Okay. We're we're pivoting right now to like a true crime podcast where we piece together the case of like why we're talking about edibles today. So I have <laughs> this I have this email from producer Abby who says, Ivy Lee sent a few topic ideas if you wanted to choose one. This this is a list of three. Edibles, white pepper, and oysters. Which to wow. be fair, two two of two out of three of those are foods.
2: Yeah. 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 And I'm sure there are probably more. So obviously I'm Asian. I think about Asian food like all the time. And the reason why I think Abby got in touch, uh, like Abby, your producer, got in touch with kind of the producers over at Fogo is because food ends up being a huge theme throughout the course of the show. So in season one, I try to figure out how to go camping and I literally do it for the season finale. And it turns out to people who are outdoors, people who listen to the show, they are fascinated by the food that I decided to bring. In season 1, my perspective was, okay, the big limitation is I don't have electricity, so I don't have refrigeration. I pretty much I had just one tiny little cooler that's like the size of a lunchbox. So most of that was taken up by Korean skincare masks, so we couldn't even use that for food. <laughs> that was like the evening activity, you know. Okay. So because I didn't yeah. want to age because of a podcast just being like in sure. the sun, you know. Yeah. So I was like, so, so my approach was, I'm going to use all of the preserved foods and vegetables and meats that don't require refrigeration because refrigeration has only existed in the blink, in a blink of human existence, you know, most... Yeah traditions all over the world have really beautiful ingredients that you can you know keep in the trunk of your car for for several days you know mm-hmm. like prosciutto is literally preserved meat that's what makes it prosciutto do you yeah, know people what I mean? have been okay. putting prosciutto
1: in the trunk of their cars for millennia <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right. So all of these people um were just looking at this like, oh my gosh, like Ivy doesn't know what camping food is. Were they expecting which, you course, to bring
1: like freeze dried stuff?
2: I don't um spend a lot of time thinking about their perspective. Okay. Because they have their own shows. Like outdoor right. people have so many shows about the outdoors. But I don't know, the only thing I know about camping food is like s'mores.
1: Yeah, of course. Yeah,
2: which is a big part of camping. Yes, is it? But like yeah. I mean you can't that's not you can't have entire meals made of no, s'mores. No, no, no. Right. No. <laughs> and then Wait. season two is about hunting. So of okay. course, like the whole thing is like, well, I mean, this could suck, but at least we'll eat at the end. So we can talk about white pepper. We can talk about edibles that I just started doing like, you know, two minutes ago. Okay. okay. Yeah. So wait, have you done edibles? <laughs> <laughs> I have been doing weed since like a little, in the middle of the pandemic is when I started okay. doing the weed. And I have expanded past edibles. Um, I was, cause I'm a comedian. I'm around a lot of people who know a lot about the old school way. You know, they remember when it was all terrible in the United States and how, and they can, they have watched the evolution to like artisanal weed. I travel a lot for shows. So I still think it's very not, novel to leave Texas and go to a place where dispensaries are legal and I'll like get all of these incredible ingredients. Basically, I treat cannabis like an ingredient. I cook with it and I eat eat it. What I have been doing with cannabis is recreating savory Asian sauces (gasps) in like a way that matches with the smell of whatever flower I, I find. Okay,
1: I want to hear all about okay,
2: this. Okay, please talk about this. Okay, I think we finally figured out <laughs> yes. why we're talking okay. about edibles. A bunch of okay. three people okay. who don't do weed talking about <laughs> weed no, for the next however many minutes. Right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the first time I was given a gift of what they call weed butter, but mm-hmm. it's not really butter. It's just some kind of oil and they diffuse THC by putting by just kind of slow, cooking it low and slow cooking the flowers like really low and slow. Each of these flowers has a really different smell. Wait, do you mean like buds? <laughs> <laughs> Are they cold buds? I think, Are I think they the flowers? Could, they could be is flowers. Yeah, thing? I've never heard of flowers. This so <laughs> is just the the blind bleeding the blind here
1: <laughs> this, no i was
2: like are we talking like nasturtium
1: or? this is great we're going to be invited on all the big weed podcasts which <laughs> i can definitely name after after people hear this okay,
2: okay. molly right. the camper so, slash botanist okay. um, sorry. i'm sorry i
0: will recuse myself from the rest of this conversation no ivy okay so what you you cook the fl- the flowers <laughs>
2: yeah okay right yeah so to make it when you just have the plant the plant doesn't just get you high so that's the reason why people smoke it i find it really awkward to figure out how to smoke it in fact i I really only barely learned how to smoke it in the past couple months because i was gifted a a one hitter and i held on to it like a little mouth fidget for a while what's Um, that (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's a it's basically something where you can smoke weed, but only a little bit, just enough to take one or two hits for one okay, person.
1: That makes sense.
2: Right. So it's not like a bong or something that you're like puff, puff, pass in for an hour in a social. Is it thing. a little joint or is this like a vaping thing? And so it, it's basically like so mine is glass. Some t- Some of them are made of metal. And it's basically, so instead of having to go to the trouble of putting stuff out oh, on a tray and yeah. rolling and gluing a joint with papers, which can be very messy, you basically shove some of the bud in one end and then you light it and, and you puff it and, and it just has just enough space for, for a little bit. So okay, I didn't know how to use it, but I was on a sketch team because I do stand-up sketch improv <laughs> sure. and film. I was on a sketch team. It turns out <laughs> a bunch of them were drug dealers and one of them... <laughs> I'm shocked. You're shocked, right? You don't make enough money doing sketch comedy? (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm appalled. No, and just one day during practice, I said, hey, after I came back from a show in L.A. where it's legal, Mm -hmm. and I got... Like artisanal weed from a locally owned, like BIPOC owned mm-hmm. uh, company that was just super, um, it's called, are you guys, are, are you guys in a state where it's legal?
1: Yes, we're in, we're in Washington. Okay, so it's
2: Latino owned, this company called UMO, it's like, as in H-U-M-O, Humo, that's like, oh, uh, it's it, so underrated okay. from what I could tell extremely underrated. So very affordable, really beautiful flowers. And so I brought some black and I, and I was going to cook with it, but I really wanted to learn how to use this one heater. Wait, how did you travel with it? Oh, so now this is turning into a true crime. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. No, I've always wondered. (laughs) So here, so I'm told I'm no expert. I'm not like running a whole lot of drugs, right? It's just every once in a while when I travel to a state where it's legal, TSA and all of them, they're looking for bombs. They're not right. looking for drugs. They're not looking they're not for looking. bongs. They're looking for bombs. I'm sorry. It was irresistible. We okay. were right there with you. So that's not as like serious a threat. They are just kind of obligated as colleagues, sister agencies, that if you see something, then you have to say something to the agency that would actually care. But they're really not looking for it. They don't care that hard. Their dogs are not sniffing for it or anything like that. Okay. Um. So where they would see it, I suppose, is through an X-ray. Where if you don't put it in their faces, they don't have to see it. But I travel with Vietnamese coffee and Chinese loose tea, just right. in general, right? Because if you're you're you're, I'm a comic. I'm not staying at nice hotels or nice cafes or like whatever. So I, I travel with these things I need in the morning, and I just kind of keep all the all the flowers and the teas just all together. Okay, perfect. Okay, carry on. So I get home with this stuff and I do decide to cook with it, but I, I just wanted to, I had this one hitter just burning a hole in my pocket. I just really wanted to learn how to use it. So I asked at this sketch rehearsal when we were all done with our work and I just said, you know, does anybody know how to smoke weed? And just <laughs> <laughs> and it was like half the team, knew how, everyone knew how to smoke it but me. Um, so they all taught me. And here's what's funny is uh, I was by far the oldest member of the team. And afterwards, the, after everybody smoked it, because I shared it with everybody, you know, for in exchange for the knowledge, um, there was this film on the glass, on this beautiful glass pipe that I had. And they were like, oh, you know, like we just rinse it with alcohol, but you're never going to get a stain off. And I'm like, no, that's terrible. So because I'm like a mom, (laughs) I showed them how to get the stain off with oil. Like I just kind of cleaned it, just like wiped it clean on the inside with like a Q-tip and like just vegetable oil, you know, to get the residue off. And then I cleaned it with dish soap and they were just their minds were blown. They did not know that you could clean pipes. (laughs) I'm so impressed with all of this. I'm really
0: impressed.
1: I'm imagining if we if Molly and I were on your sketch team and you would have to confront us and say, okay, like you guys don't do sketch comedy very well and you don't know how to smoke weed out of this one one hit. Are you cops? (laughs) 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 Yeah, we probably. cops. Mm -hmm, mm
2: -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I'm sure that people have thought that about me, but not for long. (laughs) Yeah. I think they, they're just there are some other giveaways. Mm-hmm. There's some just some other giveaways that you're like, this is this woman is definitely not a cop. This is a woman would probably kick a cop in the balls. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> like this woman knows way more about citizens rights in the face of law enforcement than the vast majority of law enforcement. knows. Good. So they trust me. They know I'm not a cop. I I think it's just well known that I'm in my midlife crisis and I came to comedy very late in life and I just got some catching up to do. You know. Yeah, Yeah.
1: Okay. We got to get to the sauces.
2: We got to get to the food, yeah. Uh, But I have a quick question. So (laughs) in
0: the the course of, you know, planning for and doing this camping trip and all the hunting episodes, did you ever combine edibles with the great outdoors?
2: I combine edibles with sweeping nature documentaries. Nice. Yes. Yes. That's such a good idea. The most moving one um, is like Puff's Coral Reef. On Netflix. Okay. When you get high and watch Puff's Coral Reef, you become so much more invested in Puff's journey across this dying reef yeah. than. <laughs> who's Puff? Puff is a tiny little fish. Okay. Who he's who born in the middle of the ocean and he has to make his way all alone without his mother or anybody. To this, you know, the populace, like, big city, which is a coral reef that's, like, full of friends and food, but also danger. <laughs> is this live action or animated? <laughs> no, it's live. It's wow. all okay. real camera.
0: Okay, I'm going to do this. Huff's coral reef. I'm writing it down.
1: I was telling Molly before before you came on that uh, the first time I ever had legal weed, I ate a, a weed cookie while watching Downton Abbey. So if you, consider, <laughs> if you consider, like, white British aristocrats to be some sort of, like uncharismatic wild animals we kind of did the same thing
2: (laughs) well recently so chimp empire is like a reality (laughs) show about the drama between these like chimps so i had some friends over uh we all got really high on some edibles uh some homemade edibles and started watching chimp empire but you know we fell asleep and then when we woke up I was I woke up and I was like oh my god like so and so is pregnant pork chops dead like oh god stuff <laughs> spoilers <that." laughs> And it was like, what happened? I fell asleep for, in my experience of time, not that long. Right. Right? But it was like an ep- a whole episode of Chimp Empire. Like, you cannot fall asleep during Chimp Empire. Like, you will miss something. We really enjoy getting high and watching Deadliest Catch. That's a great one. Which yes. is, you
0: know, a different kind of sweeping nature show.
2: Yeah. They, I love them all. I love yeah. the cheesy ones. I love the prestige ones. I love the kids, ones for kids, ones the ones for stoners. Yeah, Stoner major documentary has to become its own genre. And okay. I hope that I get to be on the cutting edge of that genre. I would oh, a thousand sure.
1: percent watch that.
2: <laughs> Great. It's already started. <laughs> okay. okay. So okay. here's the thing about edibles. Beginner level edible world, okay, is you're infusing, you're like low and slow. You have to apply heat. That's why people smoke it. You have to apply heat to make it into THC, to, to unlock the THC, which is a substance in the plant that makes you have psychoactive effects. Mm-hmm. Plenty of people use weed for CBD And other effects, not the THC. So you don't have to apply heat to to use the plant at all, especially if you're a food person like me and you're there for the taste and the you know, you're there for just all the 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 subtle tastes that can come out of this particular plant. But when you do that, if you do it in an oil either some people will kind of uh, just do it dry like in the oven low and slow mm-hmm. and then other people I think this was my favorite way to do it is you put it in a jar with the fat of your choice and then you put it in a thing of water and you sous vide it low and slow. Oh. Mm-hmm. And the, the advantage of that is your kids can't smell it. Is this still
1: <laughs> what you're considering beginner level?
2: Hold on. <laughs> so you're saying you take
0: some some weed and you put it in like I don't know like olive oil or would you put it in like a
2: neutral t- oil um i experiment with a lot of things um so i think a uh, coconut oil is um, definitely popular because some food websites have said like that maximizes the amount of thc that you can get but obviously it's very like everybody kind of um, has what they think i had to read a lot of different accounts to figure out what i would try because we're not allowed to research it in the united states right Right. So there's just not a lot of like super reliable, you know, scientific like information mm-hmm. about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for me, it's about maximizing flavor. So I don't want to do it in an oil where if it gets heated, you're going to lose everything that was beautiful that you paid for about mm. that particular variety of cannabis.
1: Okay. So I wanted to do two things. First of all, like what are some specific sauces that you've made using, okay. using your cannabis infusion?
2: I make, so with, So if if you're doing like level one infused with fats, I have made my own garlic-heavy chili crisp. Okay. So, like, chili oil, you know, like chili crisp. But, you know, I'm a Texan, so kind of, like, Chinese chili crisp just has that, like, umami. But not every jar has what I think is a key ingredient, which is the fermented soybeans. Mm -hmm. That's Mm -hmm. what gives it that, like, irresistible, I can't stop eating this, like, umami to it, right? But I also use much spicier, like, Mexican and Vietnamese peppers rather than a mild pepper. And then I individually slice the garlic on a mandolin slicer so there's just like literally garlic chips throughout the entire jar and here's the thing people who are potheads they are very like oh i can handle so much weed okay
1: this was my next question
2: they're gonna come to my house and they think little ivy who's just been doing the weed for like two minutes and doesn't even know how to smoke it they think that whatever I make is just not going to even make them feel anything. But terpenes is something that's in spices and plants that is a part of the flavor profile. And there's something about the terpenes in weed and the terpenes in spices, like the kinds of things that Asian, like Southeast Asian people cook with, mm-hmm. that kind of they interact with each other and amplify and they will knock you on your butt. <laughs> oh, my God. You this- know so much about this. <laughs> you i'm a very intense person
0: i've never learned more on
1: this on this show than right now
2: (laughs) this is i i I have no words it's (laughs) like i think that's the fun of fogo too is that people are like oh camping so easy but yet they're like yeah well because you learned it from like your mom or something you know but like you put a flaming bisexual with ADHD, <laughs> like BIPOC <laughs> woman, who has never experienced this before, and then you just don't know what I'm going to find out about your world.
1: <laughs> okay, so so how do you tell like what what the potency of your of your homemade chili crisp is? Do you like have to test it out on yourself?
2: Okay, so this is super interesting. I have a friend who has been making the same weed brownies like since he was a teenager. Okay and so i use his weed brownies as like the baseline okay that i'm like if he eats this many squares of his brownie like he'll need like eight squares i'm somebody that can only eat two of his Mm -hmm. squares and that's like plenty okay and then so i kind of try to convert it to to that that's how i started now Mm -hmm. now that um the weed's like artisanal now if i can buy it in a place where I literally know exactly what the variety is, mm-hmm. you can look up the variety of the plant on the internet and like hydro search history or whatever, <laughs> and and the internet will tell you that varietal what is the percentage of THC that's supposed okay. to come out of this plant, ah, and okay. then you do the math that you're like, okay, well then this is the volume of ingredients I added, this is what I think I was able to get THC. IV- this convert. is the best. Yeah. Y- you are an exceptional <laughs> human being. <laughs>
0: I, I, I'm so impressed. I mean, you're you're doing math,
2: you're sous-viding, you're googling. So that's well. I mean, that's how anybody has to learn about something, right? Because yes. if you if you don't Google it, if I'm sitting there just talking to a bunch of people who've been smoking weed since the '80s, here's what people who are potheads know think of as edibles: is literally brownies, mm-hmm. tops, maybe cookies maybe caramels, but like probably not. If somebody's making caramels, they're probably a foodie too. Right. Right. This is my big beef with a lot of American, like a quote unquote mainstream American culture, right? Is that they're trying to cover things up. They're doing brownies and they're trying to get enough chocolate and sugar in there to cover up the smell of the weed. Yeah. Or if they go vegetarian, they try to make their meat dishes and just try to replace replace it with something plant-based but make the plant-based thing as meat-like as possible for example they try to pair wine with spicy food because they want to cover up the spice so like they say oh white wine with fish like red wine with beef or whatever or like oh this is too spicy you pair it like no no if it's really spicy indian food you pair it with just the the most the swaggering red that you can to make it explode with spice in your mouth. Like that's what you're supposed to do. That's how somebody who actually loves that cuisine yeah. would pair it as opposed to being like, it's too spicy. Pair it with something that will tone it down. No, just get it out of their fucking mouth. I don't want you to eat it. This is not yours. Okay. So when I get this as an ingredient, I don't have my parents aren't from America. My parents aren't hippies from America in the 70s. We weren't even in America in the 70s. Okay. Y'all, you know, the 70s, what you guys remember about the 70s is people protesting the war that my parents were in yep. in the 70s. <laughs> Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? So, like, mm-hmm. I don't have that stoner hippie culture reference i don't have this like i don't even have a heritage of baked goods like baking is not really like a big part of the sweets culture of you know vietnamese vietnamese culture where i come from we we handle sweets a little bit differently Mm -hmm. so i'm coming to it like oh thank you for this gift of ingredient how do i make something beautiful without and i and i'm not trying to uphold an old tradition because i'm not i don't know the old tradition i wasn't doing weed and the 80s and 90s, I, I just don't have that heritage, you know, but I do have this heritage over here. And I'm like, what can I do with it? Well, one of the the next thing that I when I hit kind of the the ceiling of the level one, which is infusing fat, when I hit that ceiling was when I had some trial and error, and then eventually a success, making the butter, making from scratch weed actual butter, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. infusing it into cream, churning it into butter. Oh, okay. 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 In order to make a Vietnamese banh mi with weed butter. Wow. What'd you do with the buttermilk? I also cooked it. I'm all, I'm Southern, right? I mean, I have lots of things I can do with buttermilk. No, okay. no, but yeah, I'm just yeah. loving this. This is like a whole, like a, a true, like nose to tail approach to weed. <laughs> yeah, yes. Um, <laughs> That's what they because, call it. And I tried first. I tried to use, I thought I was slick. Um, you know, when you use ghee, ghee's already clarified. So you know, like the best thing is like clarified butter for weed. So you don't have all this other mess mm-hmm. that d- isn't going to get THC in it. So I thought it was being slick. I'm like, I'm just going to go to the Indian market around a quarter from my house where I live and just buy the butter that's already clarified and save myself a step. No, because then when you apply heat to already clarified butter, it tastes like movie theater popcorn <sighs> and you can't. That's just not a good thing to put in your banh Me with your cilantro Fair. and your jalapenos and your pate. You know what I mean? I'm learning so much. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I mean, it has its place. Like, that is obviously the weed that you put on popcorn right. for mm-hmm. your, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. nature. <laughs> when you're, when you're going to sit down with your buddies and watch ship empire. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> but that's not the what you would want to put in Vietnamese food. So then I realized, oh, I had to make it from scratch. But then because you have to apply so much heat to it. Everybody has to eat the Ben that day. You cannot save the butter for another day. Everybody knows that you're all going to get high that night when I'm done with this butter.
1: Wait, so what but happens if you it? save the butter? Yeah,
2: what, what happens? Well, because you've already it spoils. OK, it spoils because you've already had heat applied to. it. Ah. Uh, OK,
0: where can people find you? And is there something that you would like to plug as we sign off here today? Oh, we didn't even get to level two of edibles. <laughs> oh, God. Had, oh, whoops. Well, sorry. Do, no, no. Do you want to? No. Like,
1: I mean, we, we've got time. We want to be respectful of your time. But if you, want, oh, if you want to take us to level two, we're not going to say no.
2: Okay. So here was my dream of, like, what I wanted to make with weed is I wanted to make Vietnamese fish sauce with weed so like a green fish sauce right okay so fish sauce that you know Mm -hmm. is um it's actually fish sauce sugar water lime basically i usually also put like garlic in it some people use like chop up peppers or green onions or something like that but i was like this is the classic dish of my like the classic sauce of my people Mm -hmm. but there are zero fats in it there's zero fats we finally figured out a way you can distill uh weed over low heat in an alcohol mixture so the heat. So you're still going to apply the heat, but slow and slow, and eventually you'll evaporate all of the alcohol, and there'll just be this distillate left with the weed, and you can make that into other sauces.
1: Okay. And
2: and you did this because you wanted the
0: flavor of the cannabis in this sauce.
2: I guess I did it because I don't <laughs> understand American baked goods weed culture. Sure. Okay. Okay. And I'm like, I want to experience this, but through my culture and Mm. my point of view. Kind of like the outdoors, right? Like, I want to experience it, but it's going to be through my point of view. And I could just tell that when I tried weed in more, you know, kind of pothead, 19, like front hippie kind of ways, that I just wasn't accessing what made it beautiful to them. And so then I needed to find ways to apply it and make it beautiful to me to not just translate the words or the amounts or the feelings, right? But the actual experience, like, what is this, you know, warm feeling in your soul feeling that you're getting that I'm just not getting from this? Mm-hmm. And this is how this is how I can get it.
1: Oh, I love that. Mm-hmm. OK, I want to I want to make sure that my parents listen to this episode, because when you talk about like hippies from the 70s smoking pot, you are literally just talking about my parents.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Only Matthew's parents. Nobody else. <laughs> nobody else was doing it. Yet. That's right. No,
0: they invented that's,
2: it. That's why they voted for Nixon because <laughs> no. no one else was doing it. Mm-hmm.
0: That's right. <laughs> Ivy, where can people find you? And is there something you'd
2: like to plug on the show here today? (laughs) Um, If you are a cop, you cannot find me. Correct. That's right. Right. Um, You're off the grid. uh if you are in Texas, um, this entire thing was a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, but if you like my bits, you can find me online. <laughs> I am at Ivy Lee with one E. The whole phrase, all spelled out, on pretty much every social media platform. Okay, we
1: will we Excellent. will link to that and link to uh, Fogo, Fear of Going Outside, in the show notes. Ivy Lee, thank you so much for being on the show. This was uh, the most unexpected and possibly the most fun interview we've ever done. <laughs> <laughs> thank
2: you much i'm really happy you guys were along for the edibles (laughs) ride yeah thank you
0: so much that was a delight whoa matthew okay uh i had no idea
1: what Uh, we were getting into
0: Ivy, that was incredible. Thank you so much again, Tyler. Thank Ivy you. Lee.
1: Thank you for uh, now uh, being the host of our podcast. Yeah.
0: I was, uh, in fact, so bowled over by everything that Ivy said that I forgot to tell my backpacking story. Oh, um, that's okay. Which, you know, now is not that interesting.
1: That's fine. Let's uh, let's just like take a moment to think about like cannabis infused <laughs> nook chom for a little, a little okay. longer. Uh,
0: that's more interesting. Okay.
1: We've got some spilled mail for you. it from? It's from friend of the show and listener Rachel Bell. Do you want to read it?
0: Sure. Hi Molly and Matthew, your toothpaste discussion revealed a travel-sized toothpaste size gap in Matthew's vast knowledge of Japanese culture. When I lived in Japan, I worked at a corporate language school and everyone brushed their teeth at work after lunch. They kept little bags in the teachers' lounge with their toothpaste, toothbrush, and floss, and it didn't take long for me to do the same. It made total sense to brush midday. We would all brush in the lounge, not in the bathroom, so there was a fun in- Intimacy in seeing your coworkers in the required full suits in a culture of fairly private people perform a hygiene ritual usually only seen by family members. My Japanese co-workers told me this post-lunch teeth brushing practice is extremely common in all workplaces. P.S. I also use the Hello Toothpaste brand that listener Marina uses, and it's really good, flavored with real mint and strong enough that Molly might like it. I picked it up at a Walmart in Utah when I ran out of toothpaste on a road trip, and now it's my go-to. Love the show, Rachel Bell of the Your Last Meal podcast. Oh, Rachel!
1: Thanks. That is delightful. I didn't know anything about this at all. I've really, I've never worked at an office in Japan and I've almost never even been to an office in Japan and certainly, not, I guess, not at toothbrushing time. But like, do you think everyone is like brushing their teeth in the lounge at the same time? I guess it must be because it's like right after lunch.
0: It's like the mental image I have of it is so cute.
1: It's so cute. It's so cute. All right. Thank you, Rachel.
0: Uh, Matthew, do you have a now but wow?
1: I do. I would say this is a combined Now But Wow slash Whatcha Snackin'. Okay. Because, uh, and I think it's also the first time either of us has picked a store for Now But Wow. We've done some online stores. You're right. Okay. Um, So, uh, but this is definitely a bit of a you can't have any because this is a store in Seattle and it's called Spice SPC. And it is a new Indian grocery store that opened about a 20-minute walk from my house, kind of on the edge of Capitol Hill in the Central District. Okay. And uh, they have uh, hot samosas and curries, but uh, it's like a grocery store. They So they have a great selection of pulses, rice, spices, snacks, frozen foods, and a little bit of produce. So I got some I got kukure, which is a uh, the uh, spicy Cheeto-like extruded corn snack, which we featured on a long-ago episode that you should not listen to. Please don't. Uh, I got like a frozen non-cheese sandwich thing that was spicy. Spicy and super tasty. And the SPC in SPICE SPC stands for Social Purpose Corporation, which is a special type of corporate entity that I'd never heard of until now in the state of Washington that allows a corporation to pursue social and environmental goals, even if that means lower profits for shareholders. So pretty cool. That's super cool. And mostly I'm just delighted to have an Indian grocery near me. So uh, that's uh, Spice SPC 2108 East Anyway in Seattle and support your local Indian grocery store.
0: Fantastic. Uh, Matthew, how did you hear about it?
1: I heard about it on uh, the Capitol Hill Seattle blog, which is a great neighborhood blog.
0: Yes. All right. Well, our producer is Abby Circatella.
1: Molly's got a great newsletter called I've Got a Feeling and it's available at mollyweisenberg.substack.com.
0: You can rate and review Spilled Milk wherever you get your podcasts.
1: And you can hang out with fellow listeners at everythingspilledmilk.reddit.com or you can go over to the What's This Bird Reddit and just look at birds.
0: That's all Matthew's been doing That's all I
1: do ever now. I'm just a bird boy.
0: uh, Thank you for listening to Spilled Milk.
1: I'm bird boy.
0: Uh, I'm, I'm. um,
1: Are you one of those horse girls?
0: I think you are. I'm a horse girl. Okay, bye. Bye. Anyway, 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 but anyway, 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 anyway. Well, anyway, anyway.
2: The legends are true. Overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny.
1: Yes.